Texans make an investment that could pay dividends. Cody and I would tell you why adding Bill Lazor and Shane Day to the coaching staff was a great decision. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what it, that's what it'll be about. You are locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube, and you can also find us on all of the major podcasting platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise, then this game is for you. If so, Check us out on the App Store or visit ultimate-gm.com. Again, you can also find that on the App Stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKED ON in all caps. And as always, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I am one of your hosts, John, some sports guy Hickman. And with me today is Sports Illustrated's own credentialed media member for the Houston Texans, Cody Davis. The offseason is here, and so we will talk Is it about really an offseason, though? It's always. No, it's never <laughs> off season, but, but by the way, I would like to say, at least for the very first time since you and I have been covering this team, it's a good offseason. Everything no. seems positive. <laughs> It is a good offseason. I thought somewhat last offseason was a good offseason, but Cody will start off the previewing of the free agency players Houston should target. And is Desmond King on his way out OWT or will he be retained by the Houston Texans? But first to kick it off, the Houston Texans finalized their coaching staff last week by adding Cole Popovich as their assistant offensive line coach, Bill Lazor as their assistant, senior assistant, uh, offensive assistant, excuse me, and Shane Day, another senior offensive assistant. To give you guys some background on Bill Lazor, 15 years of NFL experience, primarily coaching quarterbacks, In his time, it includes the Miami Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Bears, working with Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, and Justin Fields. In Miami, during the early years of Ryan Tannehill, Laser helped Tannehill pass for over 4,000 yards, and Tannehill's 27 passing touchdowns were the most by a Dolphins quarterback since Dan Marino in 1994. Also, Cody, you're going to like this one. Remember the 27-2 and two Nick Foles year? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, Laser was the quarterback coach for one season that season under Chip Kelly. When I look at Shane Day, another senior offensive assistant, 14 years of experience, tight ends coach for Miami during the 2016 all the way up until the 2018 season, and a quarterback coach with the 49ers, In 2019 and 2020, he's familiar with both defensive coordinator Matt Burke and head coach D'Amico Ryans, 
being that he's been on the coaching staff with both of those coaches in different time periods in this past seven years. He helped Justin Herbert. You're going to like this as well. Listeners will as well. He helped Justin Herbert become the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 30 touchdowns in the first two seasons of their career. In 2021, they helped coordinate the AFC's top-ranked passing attack. Now, when we look at the offensive, not, not the offensive, excuse me, but when we look at the coaching staff as a whole, I can understand that people have some doubts or questions or concerns about the totality of the coaching staff. But I will say this, whether it's Shane Day working with Justin Herbert or Jimmy G or Bill Lazor working with Andy Dalton and get him to be a more efficient quarterback, working with the likes of Nick Foles. Again, guys, 27-2 and two was Nick Foles' season at one year under, <laughs> under coach Bill Lazor. And, and you also look at the, the development of Ryan Tannehill during the 2014 and 15 seasons. These final moves tell me one thing, and that is Houston is definitely taking a quarterback mm. in the draft. And I think it's safe to say that the quarterback that they take will be at the number two overall pick. I still think that. Oh, oh my God. Be- no, no trade up. No trade up for number one. Oh my God. That's so bad. I, I still <laughs> think that quarterback will either be CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, who's ever available at two. And listen, I think Laser will also serve this team greatly with his influence with wide receivers. Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, and uh, Darnell Mooney all saw career highs when Laser was around. So I'm excited to see what Nico Collins, John Mechie, and whoever the Houston Texans bring in at their wide receiver position to boost up that depth chart and that position group as a whole. So same day. Bill Lazor, and also cannot forget when I look at Cole Popovich as the assistant offensive line coach, it screams development. And I think if that's the case, well done, Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans for putting together a hell of a coaching staff. Yeah, I I like the coaching staff. Don't get me wrong, John, but I am one of those people who does have some concerns as to whether or not this coaching staff is experienced enough to actually take this team or at least so we can start seeing um, potential and success with this team a little bit sooner rather than later. And I say that because, look, I'm all for the hiring of Bobby Slowick. Um, You know, we was told on several occasions on how Bobby helped the development of Brock in San Francisco. A lot of the success that San Francisco had, you're talking about a system to where it, it, it got to the point where it seemed like it didn't matter who the quarterback was, that offense was going to be able to move the ball. However, this is going to be Bobby Slowick's first time as a true offensive coordinator going out there and really calling the plays. And when I take a look at the success in San Francisco, and you compare it here in the city of Houston, it's like he's not going to have the weapons. He's not going to have the experience, the veterans to try to replicate that from the start. And you know me, I'm all about having patience and giving coaches time to develop, especially given the fact that this is going to be a team that's going to take a quarterback with their top pick in the draft and their second pick is probably going to be a wide receiver. And you look at some of the other guys that's already on that offensive side of the ball. However, John, the one thing that concerns me, this is still a team that averaged 17 points last season. That's ranked 30 out of 32. 
And on the defensive side of the ball, I don't have too many concerns because you and I talked about here throughout the season, it seems like the defense came out on several occasions, did their job, and unfortunately, given the inabilities of their offense, uh, that's part of the reason why they ended up losing 13 games and had that one tie. But at the same time, I have a lot more confidence in the Texans moving forward with D'Amico Ryans as their head coach, only because we all know he's a defense, he's a defensive minded coach. He is a former All Pro player, a former All Pro linebacker. But when I take a look at what the Houston Texans needed the most on that offensive side of the ball, I'm not doubting, and you well, know me, I'm well, all about I, patience. And, and, but, and I get that. Still. I really do get that. But this is why I think people should love the signing. You look at Bobby Sloyd doesn't have any experience as offensive coordinator. Now, this league is all about who you know. It's not always about what you know. Yeah, you got right? that right. Which is why we're probably waiting to see whenever Eric Bieniemy becomes the next head coach for its franchise, right? But when you look at the who you know, I think that's why Bobby Sloyd was named the Houston Texans offensive coordinator. But this is why I opened up the show by saying in the cold opening, the Houston Texans made a investment that could pay dividends. Now, one thing that you mentioned was, I don't know, this team just scored a lot of points last year. And they did it. <laughs> 2020, in his first year in Chicago, Bill Lazor took over play calling duties during the second half of that season and helped Chicago's offense get to, help the team, by the way, get to the wild card berth. But in the final six games of the regular season, the Bears averaged 30.2 points per game, including a four-game stretch of 30 points. And that team was also led by Mitch Trubisky. I also look at, you know, when I look at a former offensive coordinator and passing game coordinator, listen, Bill Bill Lazor has experience as an OC. Just recently, up until Bill Lombardi and the uh, Chargers blew that big lead against the Jaguars, we saw – Shane Day with the Chargers as a passing game coordinator. The investment isn't just about the players. It's mm -hmm. about everybody that's on his coaching staff. So Bill Lazor, specifically Bill Lazor, coming in and being a senior offensive assistant, that's just not for the players like I mentioned, Nico and John Mechie, because of his time with the likes of Jarvis Landry and Tyler Boyd and Darnett Mooney, who all reached career highs while he was around their team offensively. But this is also for Bobby Slowett. This is this is also for, you know, you bring in Shane Day. This is also helping the guy that got the position title as offensive coordinator. This is also helping him transition smoothly into a role he's never had that position at, the title as before. So this is why I think, like, it's not just a player thing. This is also a personnel and position coach and, and, and player in, in, in a position, I mean, I'm sorry, offensive coordinator thing. Adding these two guys to this coaching staff helps out everybody around them. This is why I think those are great moves because your concerns are valid. Anybody with those concerns are valid. But adding these two pieces, now you look at it and say, well, these guys can just come in and basically be a Quizlet for Bobby Slowick. These are the answers. These are the things that can make your quarterback as a rookie, that can make your young wide receivers, that can make an offense that you need to find ways to be creative to get those yards moving. These are the ways you can do that. You just go out there and execute as a play caller.
Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk a lot about the mobile app game on the show, but it's not about us. It's about you. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and competing and managing your own franchise, well, your dreams have finally come true. This game is definitely for you. You can play the likes of I don't know, uh, Nick Casario. You can play the likes of Howie Roseman. You can play the likes of Rick Smith if you're one of those vintage guys. You'll be able to manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory by trying to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you are responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all of the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging yet realistic game world, Ultimate Football GM is completely free. Play on the go as you want, when you want to. Okay, so the best part about it all is our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, in all caps. That's LOCKED ON in all caps. Make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate gm.com or look it up on the App Store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football General Manager, start your dynasty today. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. It's Monday. Over the weekend, before we even talk about Desmond King, which is why uh, you guys are here, but over the weekend, Davis Mills got engaged. And so... um, Shout out to Davis Mills, man. His mom posted the photos, beautiful photos. After eight years, Davis Mills and his former girlfriend, now his fiance, she said yes. And um, it's all about love. And I think Jerry Hughes also had a child be brought into the world over the weekend Mm -hmm. as well. So you look at a lot of the great things that's going on with the Houston Texans. In terms of, you know, the front office and the head coaching searches and the coaching staff, which we just talked about. But off the field, it's always great to see these guys just be human, right? None of that has anything to do with Houston Texans, just Mm -hmm. personal lives. And so shout out to those guys for getting to where, you know, they may want to be in life as a eventual husband and a father birthing uh, well being around the birth of another child. But Desmond King, the possibility of Desmond King being out in Houston over the weekend, Desmond King posted an Instagram post, and it said, I am Black Badger 14. I am underscore Black Badger 14 on Instagram. Uh, The ninja emoji, the exclamation mark emoji, all these emojis. (laughs) But 25 out OWT, and this is ahead of the free agency period that kicks off next month. This is ahead of, you look at Houston, potentially wanting to 
make cuts to allow themselves to be more flexible and free agency to sign some of the guys that they believe that D'Amico Ryan's needs in order to help turn this ship around. Last season, out of 17 games, Desmond King started 13 in the past two seasons in Houston. Out of a possible 33 games, Desmond King started 25 of those games, five interceptions during the last two years, uh, only allowed 40 passes last year out of 56. That was a higher completion percentage, 71, closer to 72 completion percentage. But he only allowed 365 yards, only nine yards per catch, only six and a half yards per target. He only allowed two touchdowns last year, tied for second best in his career. The passer rating last year was 85.8, close to 86, tied for third in his NFL career. And I'm actually going to say tied for third because the 72.9 with his time in the L.A. Chargers, with the L.A. Chargers, he also was traded during that season. And with the Tennessee Titans, he allowed uh, 117.5. Last season for when, – when I look at what Desmond King was able to do along with Steven Nelson, when Derek Stingley went down, De, uh, Desmond King was a player that I believe Houston really should bring back for this upcoming season because he's a veteran. But overall, he gives you stability and he plays well, especially with talent around him. I'm not sure that he's a guy that wants to move on for his own personal reasons and maybe doesn't want to be a part of the second reboot to a rebuild. <laughs> that, I totally get it. You know, being under David Cully, being under Lovey Smith, now with a third head coach, which I'm sure he has a lot of respect for, you may want to do something differently for your own uh, for your own career and your family. I do want to mention that Desmond King uh, played free safety for the Houston Texans and a lot of that nickel as well, and Desmond King is from Detroit, Michigan. So maybe mm. he wants to go home and, you know, start the rest of his family, the life out there. But, Cody, when I look at Desmond King, he's a player that I would hate to see leave, honestly. I'm okay with it. And I say that because I I, I believe if Nick Casario and the Houston Texans are willing to let a player like Desmond King walk out the door as a free agent – it, it, it proves to me at least that they feel that they can actually upgrade this team with talent through free agency. And I hate to say that because over the last two seasons, Desmond King has been one of the most stable players inside that locker room. He has been one of the most productive players inside the locker room. God bless you, by the way. And a couple of weeks ago, John, you and I talked about this team going after depth. And when I take a look at Desmond King, I'm looking at a guy who is definitely going to give you that type of depth, at, especially at the nickel position. Um, I do agree with you, John. This is a guy who has stepped up on every single occasion when they definitely definitely needed him. I remember going into last year, we did we 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 knew we wasn't going to see Desmond King that much because the year before, his first year in 2021, he was starting alongside Tavier Thomas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Last year, the Texans had an opportunity to upgrade their cornerback group. You had Steven Nelson, you had Derek Stingley, but due to the injuries that both of those guys suffered, every time Lovey Smith called up his name as the starter, he always went out there on the field and provided great production. Not only that, Desmond King was also a veteran that 
a lot of guys, including Derek Stingley, Derek Stingley, lean upon a lot inside that locker room. So you're also going to lose the veteran standpoint from him as well. But at the end of the day, John, listeners' views, as I just mentioned, I do believe that if they are able to afford to allow him walk out the door off of 16 and Kirk Kirby, as you mentioned, John, uh, try to create a little bit more flexibility in the cap space, that just lets me know that they're definitely are more proven. They are definitely more able to build this team, upgrade this roster with veterans through free agency. And right now, according to over the cap, the Houston Texans can save $3 million, close to $3 million if they decide to uh, move on from Desmond King. $3 million can get you a long way. You know, last week we talked about the likes of uh, Javon Hargraves and trying to sign a player like him and his caliber. And, you know, I do think Houston will have enough money to make a big offseason splash signing type of signing. I'm not saying it's Hargraves, but they're going to want to, you know, minimize – the amount of overspending and use some of that money for other areas. So if Desmond King is a player, listen, they still have Tavier Thomas, I believe, on the contract for another year. They got some young guys that they possibly would like to see. And when you look at what Desmond King was able to do at the nickel position last year for Houston, uh, switching in and out from safety and nickel, mainly that nickel cornerback position, I look at a – possibility of Houston, you know, keeping MJ Stewart from last year, Graylin Arnold from last year, <clears throat> uh, again, Tavier Thomas, and so Tremont Smith. These are the players that Houston still has on their roster, and I do look forward to D'Amico Ryan's whether or not, excuse me, whether or not he addresses the cornerback position in the draft. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Monday installment of Locked On Texans. Before we get out of here, I want to introduce a new segment, a new topic John and myself are going to be doing for over the next, what, two weeks or so. It's going to be called Countdown to Free Agency. Well, John and myself, we're going to take a look at every single position starting tomorrow with the quarterback position. We're going to take a look at every single position and give our thoughts as to why this player will be a great signing for the Houston Texans. Now, before we jump into everything, I do want to make this statement clear one more time. The names that we give, especially in free agency, we are looking at this as to how they're going to help the Houston Texans with their rebuild, i.e. tomorrow at quarterback position, just to give you guys a quick preview. I'm looking at a quarterback where, put it like this, then John, you know you know my, my statement when I say this. If we see this quarterback on the field at any point throughout the 2023 campaign, that means something has went hella wrong for this upcoming season. However, with that being said, I do believe when you take a look at the potential of getting Bryce and CJ, when you do take a look at the fact where unless something happens, Davis Mills is going to be your number two quarterback, you're still looking at a, at a situation where the Houston Texans are going to have – two young quarterbacks in their quarterback room. And the veteran that I'm looking at, I'm going to reveal him tomorrow, but the veteran that I'm looking at, I do believe if you bring him in, both Davis Mills and CJ or Bryce, insert your 
prospect here is going to have an opportunity to learn a lot from that veteran. Um, and then there's going to be other position group that we look back, i.e. the linebacking core, i.e. the offensive line core, um, to where it's like, okay, this is my, this is my, this might be an area where you might want to spend just a little bit more money to actually help improve the production of your football team overall. I think it's going to be very fun over the next couple of days, just a countdown to free agency, because I do believe that unlike the last three to four years, I do believe the Houston Texans are going to come away with a very good free agency class. Also want to let you guys know that Nick Casario will be meeting with the men, media, excuse me, <laughs> in Indy on Tuesday mm-hmm. at the combine. Also, yes, new head coach D'Amico Ryans will meet with the media on Wednesday at one o'clock Eastern time at the combine. Do you want to know what's so significant about Wednesday? You know mm. what? Do you know what day that is for the combine? Like positions? Quarterback. No. It's not defensive line. Should have known. I should have known. Especially Defensive if you line. get if you get excited, I should have known. So for 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 Wednesday, that's March first at the eight o'clock to nine o'clock hour. That is the defensive line, and then on Wednesday from the nine o'clock to ten o'clock hour, that is the linebacker group. From the ten o'clock to eleven o'clock hour, that is the defensive line group. On Thursday, we see the DBs kick it off at nine thirty to ten thirty. Wednesday kicks it off. We will see and have an opportunity to check out Jalen Carter. <laughs> and that's also the same day. Head coach D'Amico Ryans will be out there with the media. I'm not speculating. I'm just saying. It's going to be an interesting offseason, guys. Make sure you check us out on the Locked On Texas podcast. Monday through Friday, sometimes even on Saturdays. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and subscribe to the Locked On Texas podcast on YouTube. Is it safe to say we could try to connect some dots? You got Ryan, same day as Jalen Carter, number two pick. I don't know. I'm just saying. No, so, just so, so, so Friday, look, Bryce Young, eight to nine. We got Bryce Young. Mm. Okay. We'll definitely be keeping an eye out on it. <laughs> At eight, that's in the eight o'clock hour. At the 820, close to 830 hour, we got CJ Stroud. Hey, this week gonna, gonna be fun. Be fun. <laughs> this gonna be fun. Oh my god! But as always, I'm your host Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore twenty four. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore twenty four. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.